0: Greetings, friends of the apocalypse, and welcome to uh, this week's episode of the Talking Dead. No,
1: <laughs> Now, um, I'd like to point out, Jarrett, that uh, your your intense preparation for this show is demonstrated by your hobo beard. Yes, <laughs> you've you've hoboed up for this show, sir. Uh, clearly, you got stuff uh, hanging over you. You can't even run a razor over that scruffy face. You, uh, what's what's up? it wouldn't be that maybe an important event is no. closing in on you no no i just no. I,
0: I just i shave like once a week dude that's it and some some <laughs> sometimes i do it right before the show sometimes
2: i don't so uh, oh, I, I, if if i could say though i right now i could really go for a can of beans cooked over a trash can fire no hobo yeah yeah or or i have some uh some ho- hobo soup that's actually
0: uh, a real product, but...
1: Uh, you, you do, after all, have a hobo knife, so
0: you're... you're already I, I certainly on your, do, but... Plus the
1: hobo beard, you're on your way to hobo.
0: I am. Well, let's backtrack a little bit here. Uh, greetings, friends of the apocalypse. Welcome oh, to sure. Podcast Act, Round Zero, episode number 24. That's what Kitty it is.
1: That's right. In fact, that would be the opposite of being a hobo, because we're going to talk about where are you gonna? Where are you gonna squat at night? And uh, clearly, they don't have any of that in no, hoboing.
0: They do not. So uh, we got me, the apocalypse nerd, and uh, Adam i Bomb Glancy, and William T. Thrasher is joining us this week to talk hello, about. Will. Hello, Will. Talk about uh, you know homesteading in the apocalypse. So, uh, <laughs> um, and now speak. Yeah, speaking of a hobo knife, uh, and Scott did mention it here. I do have my K-bar hobo knife. You know, it comes apart like that, and each section, knife, fork, spoon, does come out to make an individual utensil. And the reason I went with K-Bars is because they had the balls to still call it a hobo knife on the packaging. Unlike every other uh, company that goes, oh, it's a camping knife. No, it's a damn hobo knife.
2: So It is a transient utensil. Yeah, it is. A multi- multifunction transient utensil. So, we're going to talk about shelter. We're going
0: to talk about, you know, keep it dry, keeping safe, uh, things like that. Of course, as usual, we'll talk about, uh, you know, any favorites that we have in mo- books, TVs, movies, uh, television shows, plus, again, what may really be practical. So, uh, before we start, uh, a couple of uh, in the news things I did see, I've been trying to find the link, but I can't freaking find it. Uh, you recently. Uh, had a new trailer for the Mad Max video game that's coming out next year. Yes, on yes the I, did
1: see, I did see that.
0: Also, there is a show, uh, a show on, and I wouldn't know this because I don't watch ESPN, but apparently on ESPN 2, there's a show for West Coast Customs, and they were actually, I did, they did it yesterday, built, uh, apparently it's part one or two of the episodes to build the Mad Max car from the video games. Hmm, alright. As opposed to you know the traditional ones, so they're custom-built. Yeah, because it's that. not
1: the it's not even close to the it, it's not close to the to the Viet intercept. Oh no no, no no, it's, it's no,
0: nothing like that. It's way weird.
1: over the top.
0: Yeah, but I figured worth. Uh, I'll I'll try to track a link down to it somewhere. I don't know if it's on the I couldn't find it on ESPN2 or on the West Coast Customs webpage. Uh, I'll find it somewhere. I'm sure some will have it on YouTube in no time. Uh, so we'll we'll get uh, I'll get that posted because I'm curious. I'm curious to see it myself because like I said, I've been. For some reason, I've been watching a lot of car, you know, building shows lately, like all these ones where you know they're like building custom cars and you know finding old cars and rebuilding them. Because again, I'm a little bit of a gearhead, so I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm in car mode lately. So I've been, you know, uh, want to find that. So when I find that, um, about two and a half weeks, about two and a half weeks, we've got a po- a monster apocalypse movie coming out so we'll see how much of an apocalypse it is
1: would that be the godzilla film that would, uh,
0: be, that would be the yet another new godzilla film but um
1: i, I got to admit i like the, so far the trailer is certainly i don't know i like the kind of absolute abject terror that walter white is selling during his uh you know during the the trailer you know what i mean like this that, that it's that it's actually sort of like sanity blasting that this thing just shows up and steps on our shit. You know what I mean?
2: What I I love about the trailer more than anything is that it looks like a Godzilla movie made by people who actually like Godzilla movies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: That's that's a fair assessment. That's
0: a fair assessment. It look look, again, it looks hopeful, but we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, once it actually uh, gets out there. But... uh, because it was funny. Because I uh, saw the commercial for it the other day, and we were watching. We were just watching some TV. You know, of course, I had a little smile on my face. And she's like, "No, that looks dumb." And then she saw me. She's like, "So you want to go see it?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I want to go see a Godzilla
1: movie." <laughs> you
0: know, you know, oh. um, I want to see. I want to see everybody's favorite kaiju. <laughs> hell yeah! But um, uh, so that's coming out. You know, soon, uh, to like uh, May 16th. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to have to wait until the end of the month to see it, because, I'm gonna, because I and you are going to be busy as well, Mr. Glancy, on May 16th. See,
1: see I will have something to do. Uh, so, there is there is there, a, is there an open bar? Because there should be an open bar.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the logistics of that
2: uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Of the show. You bring the flask with you, every place becomes an open bar. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
1: That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Flasky really is the only one who truly understands me.
0: Yes. Well, no, it's a uh, well. We'll talk like there's there's a lot of economics involved in this, Scott. So we'll talk about it later. Um, uh, and so anyway, moving on from my wedding. Uh, they don't need to know about that. Uh, Sadly,
1: it is not Mad Max themed.
0: It is no, no, no. Because <laughs> that
1: would have been that would have been the shit, sir.
0: Oh, well, I, did, I, I did. I did sneak. I did sneak a tiny bit of gaming into there. So I did. I got at least a little part. P- part of me in there. So. All
1: right. Does it does the, in the vows or like in the ceremony? Does somebody have to ro- roll to hit armor class zero or something? What? Uh,
0: you know, that that's a, that's a good idea though. Well,
1: <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving we're on. Talking about, uh, we're talking so, about apocalypse cribs, right? This is yeah. The, so
0: so Godzilla and I. Ca- I came across this the other day. Um on the internet, and I picked it up because it was relatively cheap. There's this game called The Quiet Year. I t- randomly ran across it on eBay. It is basically it comes with a, a deck of uh, cards and a little rule book. And uh, that's just the basis of it. It's a map game about community and struggle. It's about making a map um, in a post-apocalyptic setting. It, uh, If I could read to you from...
1: Give us a, give us a reading, sir.
0: Uh, read to you from the. Uh, let me go, Let me. I I posted a link to it on the on the blog, so everybody should have got it. Uh, the Quiet Year is a map game. You define the struggles of a post-apocalyptic <coughs> uh, community and attempt to build something good within their quiet year. Every decision and every action is set against the backdrop of dwindling time and, r- and rising concern. It's kind of like a map building, storytelling kind of game. I don't really know that much about it. Reviews seem to be okay with it, and I figured, you know, for less than twenty bucks, small independent publisher, let me pick it up and let me read it and see what it's all about, you know. Because like each of the deck of cards, it uh, correlates to each week of the year, and each on uh, yeah. the back, and each on the back of each card, there's like, um, let me pull it out here. There's like different like uh, like ev- like it's like different like events and things that happen each mm-hmm. season, each week. So and it's supposed to be you use some dice and you build a map. That, I don't I don't know much about it, but you know what? It had a, a post apocalyptic theme. It was under twenty bucks. It looked interesting. I figured I'd check it out, and then once I check it out, you know, I'll give a little uh little feedback on that. You know?
1: Cool beans. Yeah, I figured
0: it was a nice little nice little find, and uh, like I mentioned to you last week. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned on the show, but the I mentioned a few shows ago about the Metamorphous Alpha Kickstarter about doing the mm-hmm. hardcover deluxe edition. I said I was kind of dubious on the $80 price tag that it had, but they more than made up for that. They put a slew of stretch goals out there of stuff that came with the hardcover. Like I'm giving like an additional like 10, 12 things. Which made it worth the price, and they hit like every they hit every stretch goal. They 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 like clocked in at like eighty-three thousand dollars. So, uh, they they even had a stretch goal be a slipcase to hold all the extra content. You
2: know?
0: <laughs> so it's got like you know uh, it's got like a, like three modules that are being written to come along with it. Uh, a mutation manual, a written armory guide. Uh, There's a whole bunch of stuff, some dice, a lapel pin, a metal bracelet that's supposed to be like an identity bracelet from the ship. Uh, PDF copy of it. They came out
1: with oh, so yeah, fun. I remember the identity bracelets. I remember that being like a thing, like 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 uh like keys for getting into places.
0: Yeah, like uh like ID cards, like stage one, two, three, four, five that they had in Gamma World. Same mm-hmm. same principle. So yeah, they came out with a boatload of stuff, and it's like yeah, you know what, my eighty dollars was wor- was definitely well worth it. You know, uh there's a, a twenty four by thirty six uh poster map. Of the ship, of the decks and stuff. Oh, nice. Oh, repeat, yeah.
1: re- repeat that number again so people understand how freaking huge this is.
0: 24 by 36 uh, inch map, poster map, mm. that has, like, the deck plans, so, you know, so you can, so you can see, like, the deck plans. Again comes, Freak, Freeborn comes with, with came with the hardcover. It's closed now, but uh, they really stepped, Goodman Games really stepped up their games and did that, so they're going to continue to put out modules for it, you know, because, you know, the you know the renaissance of the old school gaming. So, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, they should do something for Gamma World, but it's like, ah, that's not going to happen, because...
1: Uh, TSR in wa- charge of the license. W-
0: Watsy still owns it, and Watsi...
1: Oh, I'm sorry, you're right, I keep forgetting that TSR is a...
0: Well, well, James Ward was able to do that because he the rights reverted back to him, so he's able to uh, license and do whatever he wants with it. But Watts, but is uh, a different thing because, as you know, they made a pile of shit uh, for the last edition, and that's for the guy who says he's going to have all his friends buy just to teach me a lesson.
1: Sure, um, well, I'm sure it worked.
0: It did. I, I I feel I feel I feel I feel so
2: bad about myself. You know.
1: I feel. I imagine you feel quite chastised by the whole experience.
2: Well, remember though that Gamma World, Gamma World is like video game consoles. There's a new one every seven years.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're just a handful of years away from the next version of Gamma World, and that one could be one of those ones that that really sticks with people. Exactly. And well, the reason what
0: they came out with the that edition is because they actually, because. Uh, White Wolf had done the 6th edition, which was a D20 edition. They, again, they took a different angle to it. They tried to be more hard science, but uh, they wanted to pull in their license because actually uh, from people we knew in the uh, industry, somebody said that WotC across the board pulled licenses. Like, you know, Gantt world, nope, pulling that. pull. They pulled everything and brought it back in-house, and then a few years later, they came out with that, because for some reason, I guess maybe because of Hasbro, they're like, no, so we don't want these licenses out there. We want to be making the products. And then, you know, that's what happened. So, I, I don't know. So, they really need to license things out. Uh, again, let other people uh, who actually care about it make shit. So, anyway, so uh, that was the only thing I had there. You know, a couple game things, uh, you know, the the car thing, uh, Godzilla coming out. I got, nothing,
1: I got nothing except... Um uh, I had uh, I had sort of said that I had gotten a copy of um, Oh yes uh, of um, uh, picked up a copy of this film uh, How I Live Now and uh, sadly I did not see it um, Oh okay I, I, I blew you. it uh, The deal is is that um, I'm just been really sick since I got back from the HBO Film Festival and unfortunately I uh, I just got sick during the very short rental period only two days for new rentals. Uh, that I had it, so i, I you know send it back to the to the, uh, uh, the Scarecrow. Uh, the other thing I failed at was uh, getting a look at Dead Shadows, which is sort of a monster apocalypse, maybe even a Lovecraftian apocalypse. Um, uh, I, uh, I got a copy of a screener to borrow to take a look at, and uh, apparently because it was sort of a handmade Blu-ray, it utterly failed to play at a Blu-ray player. Oh, nuts. it's just... It just started. Uh, it just got slower. It got. It, it, it had compression files that were messing it up, so it just it utterly and completely failed. So the two films I had to possibly report on, I got nothing. That's end of my report.
0: Okay, no problem because I didn't uh, watch anything either. I wound up uh, over the weekend. I wound up binge watching uh, Spaced again, which I haven't. <laughs> so that's. Yeah. About <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a worthy endeavor, though. I don't think there's anything, anything that's wrong with that. I mean, that's no, really no. Right, it's the right thing to do.
0: Well, I, I sat down at breakfast uh, on Saturday morning, like about 8.30, and just started watching, and I got through uh, 11 episodes before I... Uh, <laughs> before I turned it off, and then actually that night, late at night, uh, like in the middle of the night, I watched the other three episodes, so I got it all done in like 24 hours. They're only 25 <laughs> minute episodes, you know, so I was able to get it all
1: in. Plenty of time to eat, go to the bathroom, perform other bodily functions. Yes,
0: <laughs> exactly. So, um, and again, it's the, one
1: they, it's the one they don't have on Space. Is they don't have anything. The one genre I don't remember them picking up is post-apocalypse.
0: Yeah, they don't really. Well, I mean, they talk about zombies a bit, but they don't George Romero. But that's about it. They don't really hit hit on that uh, too much. But again, it's one of those shows which I said in the past is to me that's more the geek sitcom that should be, not this uh, minstrel show that is uh, Big Bang Big Theory? Theory. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it was always, I saw one of her, one of our friends recently. Uh, Derek uh, Conch. Yeah, Derek Conch. Uh, had posted something about this article about this guy was totally ripping into whole uh, big or he was talking about something else like some kind of Marvel Shield show and he started getting the whole the geek culture thing and this and that
1: oh yeah agents of shield okay.
0: Yeah, and I, and I agreed with what was sitting there, and of course a bunch of people, and they were like, "Oh, I love that show. It's so great. You got to, we got to get over ourselves. If you can't laugh at yourself." It's like, "I laugh myself all the time, asshole." But the thing is, you know, they're laughing at you because he, here's the analogy. Let me let me just get this out, and then we'll start. <laughs> here's the <laughs> here's the analogy I have about. because I read this article, and I I can't find it. It was about this woman who was a uh, cosplay. Uh, person, you know, did a lot of cosplay, been doing it for years. Um, she was talking about how cosplay was always, it's been around, it wasn't that popular, but people did it. But then all of a sudden, when the whole geek thing boomed and also the cosplay thing boomed, everybody started doing it. Everybody's dressed in costumes. And the thing is, how she felt was like back in high school, she was marginalized. You know, she wasn't cool, she wasn't popular, she was off to the sides because she was a weirdo. Now, with the whole cosplay thing becoming popular, and people think, oh, yeah, I'm a geek, I'm this, I'm that. All the cool people, all the pretty people are dressing in costumes, whether they are into it or not, you know, because we can't get to the argument of, like, what's a real geek girl, what's not, who's really into it, who's not. I'm sure a lot of these people aren't into it in depth as the people who are been doing it for decades, you know. Uh, but all the pretty people started doing it. And then all the regular people or the maybe not so pretty people are all being marginalized again. She felt like she's being marginalized, like, I've been pushed out. I was in the center stage because I used to, It was my thing to do. Uh, now, now that all the gore, now that all the gorgeous people are doing it, they take pictures of them. They pay attention to them. I'm nothing now.
1: Well, there's certainly there's certainly now a, c- a cast of professional, exactly Cosplayers, if you want to call them that, where they have a professional model who wears a uh, prof- an outfit that was professionally created. I, you know. I, I, I can say, I will say nothing bad against anybody who went out and either either constructed their own costume or um, assembled their own costume. Those guys will always have my love. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, because, not my
0: thing, but you know what? Because I they, went
1: I... out, yeah, they went out and did it. They went out and built it, or they spent, either they spent the money or the time or the skill and built a costume and put it on. That's great. But there's definitely this weird thing where I, I keep seeing people handing out business cards um, here at Emerald City Comic Con or whatever, uh, as if I, I don't know how they intend to monetize it maybe I'm just not up on the whole thing but it, it, it strikes me as uh, you know, what was our well, what was our, our hobby you know, has been invaded by professionals who are attempting to monetize Exactly,
0: That's that, and that was a point the guy in the article made about how they're trying to monetize it you know, it's like they're trying to make money off, off of that like anything else, you know and, and, and again, we're being marginalized even though it's our thing, we're being pushed to the sides because, well, we're not good enough for it anymore. It's like, well, yeah, you've we're, been
1: doing it. We're adding deep- a, a new section of the show. It's called Geek Gripe. <laughs> yeah. we, we just talk about the shit that chaps are geeky asses.
0: In the let, 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 Geek is, let me tell you what grinds my gears.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, otherwise known as Monday for Jared. You know? Monday. Yeah. It's the day of the week. It's just the day of the week.
0: So anyway, so anyway, my, my point was about the thing is like, she made a, p- a good point about being marginalized, and that's how I think everything's becoming with the show, and I think that, you know, uh, space really represents people into those kind of offbeat things better than uh, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a modern-day sitcom, which is just trying to bank on trying to sell you T-shirts, you know. Yeah,
1: uh, the, the part, you know, when, when they do a joke on... on uh, Space, one of my favorites being when the guy has to leave the comic book story works in, you know, and he wants to, he has to leave without notice. He's like, oh, I can come back and work with you, but I have to give two weeks' notice. He's like, wait, <laughs> I have an idea. And he just tells the owner, that hey. five's a big pile of shit. <laughs> He's like, you get out, you a heretic, and just throws him out immediately. I'm like, that's, I'm sorry, but that to me is geeks laughing at geeks. Not the, you know, because that's, oh, my God, do we do that shit. Exactly. You know. But um, then you go around that. Then you get around the big bank theory and uh, What do we get over and over again? Girls. Buzz, are, girls are, no, girls are scary. Well, they are. But they the are marrying ones. You know what the hell? Well, they're now, still maybe, scary. <laughs> that one is. Yeah. She, she could punch your heart out like Bruce Lee. So fucking keep, you know, on the straight and narrow. She will just boom, pull it out and hold it up for you. You know, anyways, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I just don't. Anyway, moving along from
0: Moving along, all right. That, that that was that was this week's episode of gr- you, know, gr- you know grinds <laughs> my gears. And next week, we'll talk about. Uh, no, all right, so give me shelter. These kids
1: today, and don't stay off my lawn. Shake,
0: shake, shake I'm shaking my fist at the universe. Shake a harder, boy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, shelter. What what are we gonna do for shelter? Okay, I think. All right, here we go. Here's. I'm just gonna get a poncho because you know what? I could wear my house with me. I could take it
2: anywhere. I can make shelter anywhere. Done. Show's over. See you later, guys. Well, I'm just all gonna right. say that. Let's just <laughs> get, just get this out of your out of the way. If you're a nomadic tribe of survivors or scavengers or raiders, your shelter for the night is whatever shelter you seize before moving on. Exactly. But I'm, yeah. I'm assuming we're talking about something a little bit more long term. No, no, uh, no. Uh, we could talk about. I said we'll talk about all. You know
0: long term short term nomadic if you're nomadic if you're stable stable you may, are you going to get a castle i mean no uh, anything for shelter like and i i, I was kind of half kidding with with the poncho thing It's like if you're on the move you know a poncho well look at that look at the army you know the guys in the army they have their ponchos that is that, that's their shelter that's their warmth that keeps the rain off them you know if you're running around on your own like you know like the postman you can you know you need to be able to uh you know, uh, carry carry one on your back. You know, and like you can't carry a house on your back. You know, maybe a portable tent. It's kind of, it could be complicated to build. You know, well, some, of these,
1: some I gotta tell you, some of these tents today, some of these you know, uh, micro lightweight fiber you know tents, uh, are actually pretty shocking uh, how easy they are to put together and how much they are to carry. But yes, you're right. There's nothing simpler than a pole. You know, stuck in the ground supporting your poncha to keep. Keep the rain off. That is, that is the simplest.
0: That is yeah. That could that could that could be the ultimate. it's uh...
1: <laughs> uh, certainly it's going to be fine. Except I'm not sure what it's going to do for fallout.
2: You know you know it also depends. Like you know, is the rain you're going to be sheltering yourself from in any way acidic? Are you going to need to find a material or a coating for an existing material that's going to that's not going to be eaten away by the rain, which has a ridiculous pH imbalance?
1: Yeah Yes, that was certainly my first concern when I arrived in Zion Valley in Fallout New Vegas. The, suddenly it rains for the first time in, in, in four fallout games. Suddenly it's raining for the first time and I'm like, oh of ah, it's gonna be acid rain. I'm gonna start taking damage and then it didn't, it didn't hurt and I was like I wasn't quite sure I understood what to do. I was like what the fallout universe is not trying to hurt me. Oh, it's lovely, lovely rain. okay, fine. Um, it's not even radioactive. Uh, but anyways, um, uh, you know, the uh, the classic, I mean, you know, I think of classic shelters, you know, I think I like that one they found in uh, The Road, or uh, they find that shelter where everybody has been wiped out, and it's full of those treasures from the old world, like cans of beans and whatnot, and filtered water, and, you know, that sort of shelter, there's all those classic shelters that are just, you know.
0: And all these little bombs. Yeah, these little uh, metal tubes that got buried under the ground, climb down, and...
1: Uh, and it's not meant to be your... It's, those places are never meant to be your prime prime base. They're meant to be where you stay until the sh- the fallout level, until the radiation levels go back down to the point where you can go back in your house, right? Yeah. I mean, they're never meant to be permanent uh, uh, inhabited structures. But then there's places like that place in Vegas we showed.
0: Oh, the... That, uh,
1: the giant bunker that looks like a house underground with a sky painted on the ceiling and oh, mules in yeah. the walls, like it's the great outdoors, and fake trees and fake grass. Who built that? Um, I found it online. It was. Uh, it's actually it's somewhere in, in Las Vegas city limits, uh, and it is it is like something out of a boy and his dog. It is absolutely in fucking sane. Um, it was so huge. I, I want to say that there was wasn't there a Fake, was it like a waterfall and a grotto built into it
0: yeah like, and there's like wow. this big fake rock that lets it up to be a barbecue and
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it was completely insane as far as you know uh, you know waiting out the apocalypse it was it had gone from you know practical life-saving to basically sort of uh, you know opulent excess you know what I mean
0: oh yeah, like, well, they're, it, well, they're, now look. they're
1: ju- now they're just showing off.
0: You know? Well, there's this company, um, I'd have to go on YouTube to find it, because I know I, I know I favorited their uh, infomercials uh, on the YouTube channel, was there's this company building like these large underground, like, you know, sh- community shelters that are like, you know, huge with like, well, here's the rooms, and here's a teaching room, and here's this room, and, like these big, giant complexes, you know?
1: Uh, are they made out of, uh, are they made out of buried train cars, or buried, you know, because that's always a classic, uh, even the creepy... Branch Davidians. What did they do? They buried a bus or something? Well, there uh, was that,
2: like, Millennium shelter where, where he had, like, buried, t- like, 12 interconnected school buses and made this, like, underground fortification.
1: Yes, yes, that was that was going to collapse under the weight because the school buses weren't designed. Yeah, have... the
2: school buses are not load-bearing
1: structures. Yeah, idiot. And um, but he and there's a big thing about him getting it shut, being, you know, the government shut me down because it's going to collapse on you and kill you. You know, and we don't want to have to pay to dig you out later. That's we're saving tax dollars. But uh, okay,
0: so the company is called uh, Vios, V-I-O-S, the Vios Underground Shelter Network. Uh, I just uh, digged it up. I'll post it on the uh, event page. You know, they have like all these infomercials about their structures. Oh, it's, it's 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 some nice looking stuff, but it's really expensive. No kidding. Yeah.
1: Well, there's there and there's a number of uh, sites that I've seen where people are advertising uh, services to convert the uh, this the the old Titan silos. Um, that is the oh, ones that are the uh, the single missile in a silo, the single control system. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Not you know, not like the one we visited, Jared, but the one that's just like a there's like a three story control area, and then they're going to convert that into a living space, and then convert the silo into storage.
0: Oh, it's well. I think it's like I think that's like the old Atlas ones uh, up in the and nor- up in the northeast.
1: You're right. You're up right. Up in it's the not, New York you're area. Right, you're right. It is not Atlas. Sorry, it's not Titan. It's Atlas. You're right.
0: Yeah, 'cause they were a single a uh, single missile.
1: Yeah, and those almost seem like they're less about you know fallout shelter as they are being about you know personal redoubt.
0: Oh you yeah. I mean, little but bolt it's hole. your
1: it's your bolt hole when 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 them them darn Obamas in the. FEMA and the UN destroy America, you're going to have to find some place to hide from the rampaging mobs of urban youths who are not in any way a racist thing. They're (laughs) economics, you know, where they get into that horse shit, because, let me tell you, um, you start wandering around uh, uh, bunkers and survival stuff, and you always run into these guys who are convinced that the folks are going to come and take their shit away are the folks they did like in the first place, right? <laughs> you know, like the, the the apocalypse will just make all of the things that they don't like be confirmed. You know, it'll be you know the it and, and you know I and I and I I always presume always liked that the uh, turn that um Bryn did in The Postman, where the guys who come to take your stuff are the other survivalists. You know, because mm. uh, they've. They've certainly stocked in the weapons. They've certainly stocked in the the firepower. And And the rhetoric. And the rhetoric. So, yeah, you probably didn't deserve all those cans you stockpiled. (laughs) So, um, yeah, the Nevada one's pretty hysterical. There's one up in, um, I want to say Linwood or Everett that is literally a – it's under a, a suburban house that's uh, you can find. You oh know, yeah, there's always a lot
0: of those little individual ones of people building up. But you know, you get your. St- I mean, the shelter business is booming again. You know, people are building shelters because of the the era paranoia. But then again, okay, you know, sh- those kind of shelters are designed for the long term. You know, it's like, what are you going to do for the for the what are you going to do for the long term? It's like, are you going to live in your house and well? I think also, I think a lot of where you're going to survive after the apocalypse is well, what kind of apocalypse are we looking at here?
1: Yes, that, clearly. Yeah, you, 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 know, you don't get to, uh, if you're having a nuclear uh, war, you don't get to hang out in your brownstone like uh, Chuck Heston in the Omega Man, right? Yeah,
0: you if know? it's viral, you know, is it a zombie apocalypse, a poppy <laughs> apocalypse, because then you need to be somewhere fortified. It's all going to depend on your situation, you know. But I think yeah. even in all of them, you know, of course, you know, the most fortified locations, you know, are probably the better you know, to, to go with, you know, like, you know, your prisons and things that are, you know, uh, Fort Knox, you know, pl- places like that. Well, you know.
1: Military bases are not terrible, um, you know, uh, uh, and so are, you know, so are places that were designed to keep people in also pretty good at keeping people out. And we do have a ton of prisons in this country.
2: Yes. Of course, mm-hmm. the issue is, though, you know, get, getting to one that's not already occupied by people who want to keep you out. Oh, cause guess yeah. what? They
0: they have they have they have a built-in population already. Yay! Prison guards and prisoners. They're... You know. Yeah. So, so presuming again, it was...
1: presuming one one set hasn't eaten the other, neither one are going to be particularly pleased to see you turn up. You know. And, well, and they might and, be. What was the, What was the line from the uh, the Dawn of the, the Dawn of the Dead remake? This is our place. Go find your own. Something like that. Just like
0: you know. Go, some, go somewhere else. Yeah. You know? You know, oh, what, is, what do you call him? Sha, like Shack One. It's like you can you can just take your ass down to the Holiday Inn down the street. You know, or <laughs> whatever you know. Uh,
1: yeah. So um, and certainly the classic. You know, every, I gotta admit that the classic shopping mall is bullshit. Um, you know that, that 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 thing that they we got with Dawn of the Dead. It was a, you know, it was a parody of consumerism. But uh, that is not a place I would like to secure. There's so many entrances, there's so many exits. Big open spaces,
2: which are effectively killing floors, which is good if you've tricked people into coming in, you're intending to ambush, but not good for anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah, not the the most defensible position I've ever seen.
2: Um, Oh, and I figured out another flaw with using a shopping mall. Um, most shopping—at like most shopping malls that have been built, like in the past twenty, in a lot of cases, thirty years—all have fountains somewhere because you know there's always mm-hmm. that whole wishing well thing. but yeah. well, Once, once you know, civilization collapses, that stagnant water. <laughs>
1: and-
2: don't drink it all, and I'm sure it's not safe to drink. Yeah. You're gonna have a breeding ground for mosquitoes and any number of well, that's of other nasties.
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Bill, but that's fucking hilarious that you've got. Unless you clean it out, unless you drain it, <laughs> you you've got you to drink it real quick. You know? uh, Yeah, or boiled it, or thrown it over the side, or something. Because yeah, that's that's sucky. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know? Ooh, that, yeah, that's not good at all. Um, because again, we're, we're gonna be a few. Uh, we're gonna be few and far between our malaria shots. I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I mean, you know, are you gonna live in urban housing? Or are you gonna live in, um, you know, because it, it really depends. You know, like high rises, things like that. Because I was thinking about that, it's like people are like, oh, well, you know, high rises are a good idea because, like, you know what? There's only a couple ways in. You know, you could defend it a little bit easier. But the problem with that is long term because, well, number one, somebody could burn light your fucking ass on fire. Like, oh, yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. You're impregnable until they light the first floor on fire.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, like well, anyhow, House, they could light a fire. It's like, yeah, you know, we're just gonna light some fires, you know, and then just burn you out of it. You know, it's um, well,
1: that doesn't get the stuff.
0: I mean, honestly, that doesn't well, does
1: get the stuff. Well, they uh, can smoke.
0: Is, they could smoke you out. They could make some f- heavy smoke fires on the bottom to come up and make you think the place is burned down, have you go out, kill your ass on the
2: way out, then go take your shit. Well, and then, and, they then try just try and wait you yeah. out. It's not like you'll have infinite food in there.
1: Well but they want your food. Yeah, but it's a siege. Stuff. Like any siege, the trick is to run the guys out of food on, you know in, in a siege it's okay cuz it's a military objective, right? The the objective is take the castle. If you're Saladin or you know Richard the Lionheart and, or whatever in the Holy Land, you want the castle. You'll restock it later. But if it's this, you know, survival situation where we need their stuff because if we don't get their stuff we're going to starve out here, they can't, they have to storm you. They can't wait for you to run out of stuff because then what do they get to do? Rape your emaciated bodies because, you know, you ran out of food? Well, I realize that's okay for, you know, some of Lord Humongous's, uh, maybe the uh, gay boy berserkers or the smegma crazies may be okay with that plan. But the whole point is to get your stuff. So burning you out uh, and uh, waiting you out... Depends how much not of a crazy,
0: depends much of a crazy fuck there. They might not give a shit, you
1: know. Yes, the the zombie problem. They don't care. They'll wait you out.
0: Yeah, yeah. but um, but also I think the long term problem with like buildings like that is, like we talked about in previous episodes, life without people. When you take out the human equation of maintenance, things start to break apart and start yes. failing. So like a high rise bridges, you know, things like that. If you don't got the infrastructure to keep that shit maintaining going, it's gonna eventually fall apart on you. And you don't wanna be like twenty fours up and the building is coming apart because there's water leaks at the base and you lose foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. So yeah. it's it's you know, where do you go? But then also I guess the bigger qu- the question is, do you settle or do you roam, like William was saying in the beginning, or are you just are you just roaming around living in, you know, coaches, you know, or cars or whatever it is? Uh, being mobile or you're gonna settle in somewhere and where well, it
1: depends on it depends on what your survival uh, plan is if you're planning on farming and uh, animal husbandry and uh, going back to the land you're gonna have to settle but you can still settle temporarily when scavenging if you move into a town start picking it clean you know of, of that kind of that's that's scavenging yes um, but it's at the same time it's you know You're you're going to be there until the supplies run out. Then you'll I don't know maybe move on to the next one. So it's semi nomadic, um, you know. But uh, if you're not if you're not going to be farming, I guess you keep moving Uh, because if you settle in one area and you don't have a way to replenish your food supply, you're going to starve. You're going to pick the area clean. Exactly.
0: and then that then that also goes back to the problem that we were talking about the other show was transportation and your vehicles breaking down and fuel getting old or trying to find fuel so you're you, you have you have another problem on top of that besides just you know it's like great we have warwag one we have this giant bus we're sleeping in it we're protecting ourselves that's our shelter but you also got to maintain it and get fuel so you're constantly scavenging and it's 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 a, <coughs> perpetual, it's
2: a, it's a perpetual cycle which that, that's what you do is that the people, the people with the vehicles, need to make uh, that, that are moving around need to make some alliances with the people who have settled. So you know the people in the vehicles they can go around, they can do their scavenging, and every couple of months they stop in a settled area, sell scrap metal, sell tools, sell things they found. In exchange, they get to stock up on some extra rations, and they also get to stock up. On processed animal fat from the people who are doing animal husbandry, they can convert into biodiesel for their vehicle, and then they just move on. William, See, you ju- you've just created commerce.
1: You've <laughs> just, just just reinvented civilization. Congratulations, sir. <laughs> um,
0: well, William, William is a visionary. That's all I gotta say. He's, he's thinking we. He's already thinking way past. We're just like, well, where are you gonna? Where are you gonna hole up? He's like, well, let's make, let's just get things going again. <laughs>
1: Uh, my, my question is, is uh, in, in fiction, um, do we have any examples of, of redoubts or, or, or uh, homesteads uh, that particularly jump out in, uh, from, the, from the fiction that we've seen over the years? Well, well, one, of the,
0: one of the things I was thinking about, because <clears throat> we were talking about at the beginning, and it's something that I was going to bring up as well, is um, Luke Reinhardt, The Long Voyage Back. Uh, which mm-hmm. was a post-apocalyptic novel. Came out like eh, early '80s. Started off in D.C. Nuclear warfare. But these people have this long cruise ship. Uh, not a cruise ship, but they have like a sailboat. And they get out of uh, Chesapeake Bay on a sailboat. And it's, the whole story is them going down the coast and sailing and uh, going to docks. You know, stopping in, trading, running into other boats. And they eventually go around uh, the Horn. But surviving on the water, especially if you're on, if you're in a coastal area, you know. Uh, surviving on water, uh, boats sail. So that reminds sailboats is a thing because you know they're not running on fuel.
1: It's also you know, not permanent because it is it, it is the other. thing. Just as you said before, it, you better have a plan on where you're going with this thing because even though it may be sail powered, um, it's going to be devoured by the salt water. Eventually, yes, yeah. Um, so you better have an idea where you're going with this this rather this this rather useful resource. It, it, it's, I guess you know. I have a hard time thinking of that as a home uh, as much as I do thinking of that as a a conveyance.
0: Well, it's kind of both in that situation. Yeah, but what about, what, what about cruise ships? You know, because, like, uh, I, I came across this article, old article I found, uh, best places in the world to write out the zombie apocalypse. You know, some of it's kind of stupid, like Antarctica, you know. But they talk about South Florida as number five and the condos, but they also talk about cruise ships, you know.
2: Well, that's...
1: Really? Condos? Well,
2: the cruise ship is great, assuming no one infected is already on board. You never know if there's a carrier. <laughs> but,
1: like, how, how many
2: times a year now do we see, like, uh, there's a news article about a cruise where for no apparently uh, 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 obvious yep. reason everyone on the ship gets diarrhea or dysentery or who knows what?
1: Yeah. Now imagine they can't actually go to a port...
0: Yeah, well they're, they're, well, they're giant floating cities, you know. Well, I'm not saying, you know, pack everybody on there. It's like they're there for the pillaging, but basically it's a, it's a floating city. You know, they got all the infrastructure. They have med, med bays. They have food storage. You know, but then again, the problem
1: is... It's a closed system, and you can spread a disease in there pretty fast.
0: Um, oh, that, that as well. There's, you got to be careful. But it's also, again, fuel is a problem. You know, unless you're unless you're of course on a uh, modern navy nuclear submarine or battleship, which has an endless supply of e- uh, energy. You know, well, well at least in anything. our lifetime, endless.
1: I don't even know if it's that. My understanding is that the fuel on board, the fuel load on a on a on a vessel like a Los Angeles class boat, is only like they they can run that thing
0: like seven ca- years or something.
1: Yeah, years. it's it's like it's it was it was a number of years. It was a single digit. Number of years, but it's going to end. That that joyride will end. Um, I, I suppose you know when you're talking years, that's as that's practically endless. But
0: well, yeah. well, then that gets kind of like on the last ship. You know, they're trying to find a place to like. Okay, we know our shit's going to run out soon. We got to find somewhere to dock and in uh, you know stay.
1: Yeah, so. some place to settle. Um, and use the and use the energy from the reactor to you know. Make you know. some changes to the environment to build. To, yeah,
0: well, exactly. we'll look in the the Ravagers. Uh, the, the not the book, but the TV, uh, the the movie with you know Ernest Borgnine and um, yeah. um, I can't remember Richard his name. Harris. Richard, Richard Harris. Harris. And, no. Well, what's his name? Uh, Woody. Is no, the the old, the old guy. The actor. the actor. Uh, Richard, what's
1: his name? Richard Harris. Was it Richard Harris?
0: Richard, Richard Harris. Harris, yeah, I just it found Richard,
1: it. Richard Harris, it was Woody Strode who was one of the guys in the boat, too.
0: They, um, they had like a Art base Carney? Carney. Art Carney, that's who I was thinking of. Thank you. Ah, uh, okay, okay. okay. Art Carney was in it. Basically, the, you know, their survival uh, area was like, they just had this big, uh, like, you know, like uh, cruise, not a cruise ship, but it was like a cargo ship. And, they were, you know, it was docked against the water, and that's where they lived. That was their That was their home, you know. Yeah. So again, it depends on where you're at, rivers, boats. It turns, okay. it, they
1: turned it more into a, a fort redoubt than they did into a you know it, it, you know what I mean? It was more of a fort redoubt than a than a conveyance. But yeah. it certainly, you know, it it was it had some advantages.
0: Well when they run out of when it, when the big boat runs out of fuel, you just run it ashore and what are you gonna fucking do with it,
2: you know? Yeah. You know, the, all, I, I've just suddenly been thinking, I love Tank Girl, both the comic and the movie. Get yourself a tank, remove <laughs> something that's non-essential, put a bed there. Now you have a vehicle and a shelter, and if it breaks down, you've got a fort. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a multitasker.
0: Yeah. Yep. I'm just totally just cool. like Elton Brown's always talking about. He loves multitaskers.
1: <laughs> well, um... Uh, as far as you know, sort of other, uh, 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 there are a lot of there are a lot of fictional post-apocalyptic homes that have been vehicles. The Landmaster, Ark uh the, to, uh, the mm-hmm. boat from the boat from the Long Voyage Back, uh,
0: Warwag <laughs> One, Warwag One, Warwag war Two in the Deathland yeah. series.
1: Yeah, um, but I was going to also point out that. Um, uh, the one of the things that I've always enjoyed is sort of the you know, I've always enjoyed the 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 fictional bunker, and then there's the semi-fictional bunker. Because how many times has has Crystal Palace, right, been been fictionalized? Uh, where Norad's uh, base outside of Colorado Springs? Mm-hmm. Um, how many times has that been fictionalized into a a final redoubt where people are going to survive? I mean, um, a lot. A lot. I mean, they did it in Jeremiah, they did it in the Survivalist uh, book series. Um, uh, It's come up a few, how they did it in Twilight 2000, I guess. Um, But that's one we always hear about, because maybe it's the most, maybe...
0: Well, no. Maybe
1: it's, 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 it might be, up until recently, it was more famous than Mount Weather or Raven Rock, which are the two... um, Big command and control bunkers for the U.S. executive branch. That are yeah, still out there. Right? Um, uh, do you guys know about? Uh, uh, let me see if I can look this up. I believe it's called uh, Yaman uh, Yaman Zonze. I can't remember. Pardon me? It, but uh But it's it's the Soviet version of this. The I've Soviet heard of it.
2: Ver- never seen anything about it.
1: Um. It's something oh. like Yamanato Mountain, uh, spelled T-A-U at the end, Yamanato Mountain. It's out in the Urals near the city of Chevalinsk. And, um, you know, there's a, no one's ever gotten a look inside it. There are no tours. There's no Discovery Channel, you know, specials on the place. Um, but the story is, is that not only did they build it and start building it in the 60s and 70s, but they they just kept building you know, and that allegedly it's connected by a rail line from Moscow, especially during the Cold War it was a rail line that was kept open.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I kind of remember a little bit about that. Yeah.
1: And it may have been, it even said things like, oh, it's an underground rail line. I don't know about that. I'm thinking, you know, however many – that's a lot of 1,000 miles of tunnel. You know what I mean? Well. I get that there was an underground rail line under Moscow so that, you know, in the, from those bunkers, those command and control bunkers, the command and control could move around in these special rail lines that the public never got to use. Um, uh, speaking of which, hooray hur- hur- for uh, Metro! Yep. The, you know, <laughs> another great bunkery environment. But, um, well, it's,
0: it's, it's a huge bunker environment because it's the whole system. It's not just right. one section. It's that's become their environment. So it's not. It was a shelter to protect against the fallout, but it wound up becoming. Home, yeah, that's yeah. that's where they live, you know. So, so you know. Uh,
1: I was going to say that. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to try and find the link that I have, but oh. um, uh, here we go. Uh, underground facilities, Cheyenne Mountain. Uh, okay, uh, it's Y A M A N T A U, Yamanatau, mountain, and there is a Wikipedia article on it. It's very thin. Um, but you know, supposedly the Russians have used it for everything from hiding hiding missiles they didn't want to dismantle under the under the various arms limitation treaties, which implies that it's got a lot of space. Uh, to perhaps uh, having built uh, weapons uh, facilities in it for uh, for uh, purifying weapons-grade plutonium, so it was stuff they could you know uh, keep. Out of the eyes of satellites and keep it in this giant underground facility. So it's a charmingly scary place. I mean, it's every Cold War nightmare rolled into what you know. That the but not only.
0: What, but yeah. it's, but it's not accessible not accessible to us. So it's um, it's cool, but it's like it's never gonna do us any good, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh oh, Scott froze up. Scott. He he will return to us one day. He will, you know. He said he was gonna. He said he was gonna freeze up. So, and he has a beautiful look Aha. on his face where he froze up. So, ah, oh, I didn't get to that. <laughs> you froze That's up a... and you froze, you froze up. You were like this guy. You're like, <laughs> it was a. Uh,
1: Thank was you. Phenomenal. That was that is that is the face you make when you find out that the commies have a giant underground base under the Urals. It's the size of a city. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked. I mean, we've just been just a general discussion on different, but. Uh, like okay, so Will, uh, I mean, in in any movies or fictions, do you have a favorite like go to you know place to hole up, or do you have something in real life? Like, if there if it was to go down, where you would
2: go? Well, actually, I wanted to bring up. There's a, I don't I don't know if you've heard of it. It's uh, it's a movie from nineteen eighty two. This really brilliant, over the top post apocalyptic movie called She. Have you ever seen this? What's it called? No. She. S H E. No, I've never heard of this. It's 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 a very kind of self-aware post-apocalyptic movie. It, it it's it, it's got a lot of a lot of it plays around with like every post apocalyptic trope all at once. But one of the one of the things that happens about two thirds of the way through, and I've always liked this as a post apocalyptic shelter. There's this mad scientist type who has this shelter, but his shelter is in the middle of nowhere because he doesn't want to be bothered. It's in the middle of this inhospitable, barely passable piece of swampland that takes care of so many of his problems because so few people want to bother trekking through that expansive wilderness to begin with. But the other <laughs> thing I like about his shelter is that his whole shelter is made out of plastic sheeting uh, to keep the moisture out but to still let in light and heat. It's like this it's like this environmentally, very cheaply environmentally controlled greenhouse inside. <laughs> And and of course, you know, it's a sterile and because it's all plastic sheeting, he's able to keep it a mostly sterile environment for his his you know experiments and his surgeries. All of uh, the surgeries being unnecessary, I, I should add.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that if you're a mad scientist, by definition, you are not doing necessary surgeries. Um, let me ask you a question: Is this somehow connected to the H Rider Haggard sheet? No, not like, at all. All right, I just wonder if they're like riffing on that somehow.
2: But all right, whatever. No, the the only the only thing that really kind of like unites it is there's this one woman called She, but that's it. Like there's there's no other parallels or overlaps.
0: All right. Well, and and, uh, and of course of course one of our one of my favorites is you know the legendary uh, Prime Base in the the Morrow Project uh, role playing game. You know the ultimate base that all the uh, teams are looking for. That's always kind of you know I I tend to yeah. name things Prime Base.
1: Is Prime Base in uh in mara Project? Is it destroyed or lost? It's
0: it is lost because apparent uh, from, from what I remember from the history was uh, the war happened. They were there. They were delving out food. They were helping people out. It was under construction. It was uh, not under construction, but it was going on. But there were some radical anti mara Project people there that like infiltrated and like blew up, blow up a section, or let some kind of disease in, or they had to shut the facility down. People got put into hibernation because it got like uh, totally diseased. It, you know, they had like a bio uh, hazard in there, so it got shut down, and it got you know uh, didn't you know didn't release a signal for 200 years. So nobody's in the place. Anybody who's there is in uh, some kind of cryogenic sleep. So the 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 teams don't know where it is because you know they, they like it's not sending signal anymore. It just sent out signals to wake people up. So because there's a whole module just on Prime Base, you know, uh, on the facility.
1: Okay, all right. So there but, is a okay, all right. So you're intended to find it. It's not like it got cratered.
0: No, no, no. It's there. Okay. But uh, one of the uh, a book one of the books that I uh, like is uh, a book by Andrea Nort. Uh, now it's not Daybreak Twenty. Uh, 2025. It's another one. Uh, Andrew Norton wrote was uh, no night without stars. It's very gamma world. Okay, it is about this you know primitive tribe who um, you know these primitive tribes are nomads and these guys go they go exploring, uh, looking for you know just around they come across this this basically they come across a cybernetic installation so it's very Gamma world. so they find this cybernetic installation that's freaking gone bullshit fucking crazy you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's trying to kill them and it's interesting but it, it again it's it's a it's a shelter it's a place you know it's
1: also a character. It's a
0: character in the book, but it, it's again, it's so gamma world because of that. I always, I always, that's one I've read in the last couple years. It was published originally like in nineteen, you know, like in the 1960s or something like that. But it was mm-hmm. but again, it's it, it's a big shelter, it's a big bunker, it's this whole installation uh, that they come across. So it's it's very it's very gamma world that book. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's so it's always a hard decision. I'm I'm always of the one uh, you know for shelter is. I've always thought you know you got to keep mobile, again just depending on the situation. <laughs> but you gotta you gotta find a you gotta find something fortified, you know, whether it's a prison, an old castle.
1: Uh, well, so. we're 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 fucked on castles on this side of the pond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our our our, Euro, our European uh, brothers and sisters will certainly yeah. be able to work something out in that department.
2: All right, uh, I live in Frankfurt, Kentucky. Halfway between Frankfurt and Lexington, there is a castle.
1: Oh yeah, you got you got the old it's
2: like an old
0: Spanish fort or something,
2: right? Or French? Well, well, it's 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 a resort. It's like oh. a, res- a hotel resort that, that it looks just like a castle. So I'm, but as because it's a resort, there's lots of entrances and exits. It would be very yeah. difficult to actually fortify it without spending a lot of time just blocking off ways in and out. But yeah. beyond that, it's in the middle of a field. There's a rise, so if anyone was coming for you, you would certainly see it, and they'd have to go up uh, uphill a little bit to get to you. How so is it
1: for water? And that's another thing. How is it for a water source? When I think of where am I going to drop my anchor for a while, the first thing I'm thinking is how close am I to water? Yeah. Po- potable, potable water.
2: That, that's the tricky part is keeping it potable. I know, I know there is a pool there, uh, but, again, that brings up the same problems as the fountain in the shopping mall. Uh, mm-hmm. There is the Kentucky River, which, which I guess if you boil, if you had a way to treat the water would probably be fine.
1: Well, how much well, you know, it depends on how much true. weren't they drinking out of the LA River on the colony? And I got to tell you, I don't care oh, how yeah. much they, I don't care how much charcoal No, 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 no. The, the
0: col- which one? The, the second one? The first, the first one.
1: The first one. Weren't they drinking? Oh yeah, out of the yeah. LA River? No,
0: yeah, they were boiling that water. They built their own filtration systems cuz it was like the whole
1: But it was still the LA River. I mean, it's like can you filter out the I don't know the the corpses and the how much how
0: much poop can you filter out you know (laughs) yeah
1: the heavy metals and arsenic and whatever else is floating out of the into the la basin or i don't even want to call it a river it's like the la trickle you know it's
2: well that's that's why you want to get out your army your army survival guide and you know get a big plastic bucket get a big plastic tarp and build yourself something to collect rainwater
1: yeah yeah that's right off the bat
2: <laughs> yeah, you got.
0: You got to get water, water, water. Because as we know, you know, the human body can survive three days without water, uh, but you could go longer without food. I think you could go up to three weeks before the body starts to shut itself down. But water is essential. So you, you, you're right. You got to be near a water source.
1: So whatever, so, whatever place we're getting. I mean, there's all this idea of like, well, i want to go out someplace in the desert where they, you know, no one will bother me. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. No one will bother you. Um, Not know, even you, because
0: uh, you won't be there. us very long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what are you gonna like, make make a lot of ca- a lot of and ca- drink a lot of cactus juice? You know.
1: <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Uh, well, on the plus side, you know, maybe if you can drill down and hit an aquifer, that's great. But my understanding is that stuff can, in fact, come and go. You can drain out aquifers completely, and heaven forbid you drain out an aquifer underneath your your super cool underground survival bunker so it can all fall into a frickin sinkhole. That'd or, be
0: great. or just go up north, build your place up north where they have glaciers all year round, so you know you're going to get water off of that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the one thing about the Pacific Northwest is uh, we're not going to be shy on water. Um, our rainfall is, I mean, we're, we're rainforest. Rainfall levels. So we're good for that. You down in Florida, Rain is not going to be your problem. You just need to have something to collect it in.
0: Well, it can be a problem. There goes a lot. Trust me, there goes very huge stretches of time. where ain't no fucking rain down here, dude.
1: And you've got – and Florida has lakes and ponds, but there's like what? The Suwannee River and that's it? I mean, uh, Florida does not have a lot of big water. Has no no waterways bisecting it, you know. Swamp. Um, Got a lot of swamp. A lot of swamp. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you can drink out of that. It'll be fine. Okay,
2: actually, no Jared. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned like drinking from a glacier. Have you ever seen the movie Solar Baby? <gasps> I think, yes.
0: I, I think I might I think I probably have seen that, but I think I've probably blocked most of it out so I can't really recall most of it. So. Where, where there's
2: that, there's that one survivalist tribe that lives in a cave network by a glacier. and that's what they do. They just they've rigged up a little thing that channels the water melting off the glacier and boom, they have more water than just about anybody else in that movie. The, the, that, that that's the one where they're all on fucking roller skates, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, roller blades.
1: It's, it's the roller blade. It's the roller blade apocalypse, uh, or at least dystopia. I guess it's an apocalypse. It's
2: well, they implied that there was a cataclysm, and that's why the world is have, screwed up, and why all the water is behind that giant dam,
1: and and why they have roller skates.
2: Yeah, why not? Yeah. Of course. Well,
0: what, when did Solar Babies come out? That was like what, like eighty? Five or six or something like that.
1: Isn't, isn't really? Jamie isn't Jamie Gertz in that and?
0: Oh, maybe. Um, and,
1: in fact, there's 1986.
0: two. Nineteen eighty-six. Oh, I was close. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. right. That's right about when
2: rollerblades would have started to get popular and uh, come out. It was Richard Jordan, uh, Jamie yeah, okay. Gertz, Jason Patrick.
1: Jason Patrick. Yeah. 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 Aren't aren't Gertz and Patrick also in Lost Boys? Might be. Yeah. Okay. Are oh, a alum? But anyways, the point is that I'm geeking out on movies when I'm supposed to be talking about shelter. Well, um,
0: but, but again, I think, you know, I think ultimately you got to be, you're right. I think the ultimate decision for no matter where you build, wherever you build your fortress, you need to be by a water supply. You need to be able yeah. to get water. As the,
1: as you, the, you, you, you cannot just have it all tanked in and say that's the end of it. I have a, I have a tank of water because no matter how big it is, you could lose it. It could spring a leak. It could become compromised. Something I mean, could die in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I got fifty thousand ga- ga- I got fifty thousand gallon tanks down there. Well, it's gonna run out
2: sometime, dude. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, the uh, the other thing uh, to keep in mind about you know if especially you know if you're settled down and not being a nomad, uh, where are you going to defecate? <laughs> in, wa- in in the water supply?
1: <laughs> Clearly, I would I would hope it would be downstream from where I'm picking the water. Out of the river, you would
2: hope, but you know you'd yeah. you'd have to get back in the in the mid, Middle Ages practice of digging a privy every season.
1: Yeah, no, there yeah, you're right. It would have to you would literally have that outhouse you drag around to drag over the new hole, park it, you know, and then pull pull it away and fill in that hole. And yeah, exactly.
0: When we when we talk about things like this, I really start to think of. Why do I want the apocalypse? Because life's yeah. going to suck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, was so much, it was so much more cooler when we were 18 years old, and now we're like, we're going to have to shit in a hole in the ground? Fuck that. Oh, I, oh. Want, I want my porcelain turlet, you know. Well, try this on for size, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm playing the game, um, uh, uh, what's it called, um, State of Decay. At one point, you pick up some guys, you know, who are survivors, and you take them back to your camp. Sometimes you'll get these little audio stories where they'll start telling, you know, they'll start rambling on to provide local color. And one of them starts talking about how, man, did you notice how all the toilet paper disappeared when the apocalypse started? I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I understand it runs on food and ammo, but, you know, somebody, some far, thi- you know, forward-thinking fellow realized, you know, the end of the world's coming. I'm gonna want I'm gonna want some charmin. And yes, uh, we are. We are not gonna be back to wiping our bums in the Roman fashion on vinegar-soaked pieces of of paper because we're not gonna have any paper or vinegar. Yeah. Or well, the vinegar. We are get a better chance of getting the vinegar because you know it's just distilled wine. I mean, it's grapes. If we can make grapes, if we use any kind of, we might be able to make a vinegar out of a out of a distilled. You know. So
0: we're gonna need water sure. to make farmland to grow grapes, so we can make vinegar, so we can wipe
1: our ass. Yeah, it's all interconnected.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm just checking to make sure I had this chain totally did, down pat.
1: Did did survivors teach you nothing? It didn't.
0: Yeah, uh, you, clearly it didn't. You were gonna say something before,
2: William. I saw I saw it on your face. Oh no, just uh, one and I, I think I think I've brought up this show before, but you all remember uh, the, the the Australian young adult soap opera The Tribe?
1: Oh yes, absolutely.
2: Because it's something something that had, had just occurred to me because a, a good chunk of the show you know takes place in a, a city that's kind of you know been reclaimed by the survivors. but you know in, in the first like uh, two or three seasons, all that city does is keep the rain off their heads. Uh, and one of the big things that changes, and I think season three or season four, is this new faction shows up of these smart kids who can get a power, who can get a generator working, and just the promise of electricity completely changes the established power dynamic on that show. Yeah, and and you know that's you know that's that's another thing to consider, you know, with with you know your 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 shelter if you're using. If you're really clever with your improvised shelter, or you're using a, a pre-apocalypse building, you know how how far are you going to be willing to go to bring any of the old luxuries back into your home? You know, if if a person can come in and say, "I can get a generator running, and you guys can have light and heat and air conditioning, f- at least for a certain number of hours out of the day," what are you going to be willing to to trade to get that?
0: I'm going to trade Scott. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs>
1: Again?
0: Again? But no, it was, it's just like on um, the colony. You know, you know. Of course, you're gonna you're gonna have a random uh, group of strangers who actually have you know uh, engineering and mechanical skill skill sets who are gonna make you know windmills on the roof and get power and are and are gonna rip up solar panels from old houses and get electricity going because you know the average Joe gonna totally know how to do all that. You know?
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, and I would point out that you know certainly. Well, those guys are going to be made out of gold, obviously, Um, and the question is whether or not they get a say in what goes on because they have a skill, or if, you know, Throg just comes along and breaks their ankles so they can't run away. Oh, no. no, We're we're just going
0: to keep keep them chained up and walk them around where they need to go. They ain't going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Fortunately, I have no skill, so no one will be breaking my ankles.
0: Well, you do have skills. They'll so use you to break other people's ankles.
1: Oh, okay. I see. Great. I got that job. <laughs> you <the laughs> man. Nobody wants to see Scott showing up. Hi, brought a Sledgehammer. <laughs> we'll, so... we'll make it quick, I promise.
0: So uh, just, you know, uh, start to kind of wrap things up here is... I, well,
1: I, I, I want to make a couple other points about, you know, we talk about, we're gonna, the first thing you going to do is, is utilize shelter that already exists, right? Yes. I mean, that's that. We're, the chance that you've either built your shelter or you're inheriting somebody's shelter or you're inheriting a structure that already exists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously you want to be near water. You kind of want to be out of the city only because, let's say, there are no raiders. There are no, you know, the, the, but you're going to have rats eating through the food supplies and other buildings and breeding, and there'll be more rats, and they'll be coming food, yeah. Random but, fires. But that's the big one. You just said the, the, the F word. Uh, fire. Fire. Yeah, yeah I, I, the idea of just fires cooking off and nobody attending to them, and them just burning as they see fit through a city, that's some scary shit. You might have your, again... Your Chuck Heston, barbed wire encrusted brownstone that you're living in. No, no,
0: just a random, you know, a random lightning storm could ignite something and it could burn out of control and that whole city could be gone in a matter of no time. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about fires down the block working their way towards you. You know, Um, fires big. You kind of want a place that's isolated. You want a place that's uh, close to water. Um, uh, You want a place that's and, and again. Defendable. If you can manage it, uh, the thing to remember is: okay, Florida is fucking hot, all right. Yes. But the hot will, generally speaking, not kill you. The cold will kill you. You're you're going to die in Minnesota without shelter. Um, you're much better off in the south, out of the north, uh, not having to burn fuel to keep warm, uh, only having to burn fuel to cook. Um, or and, to, and,
0: and just die of heat exhaustion because you can't go cool off, you know.
1: Well, that is a possible. What happens is you, you What happens is you turn into a Latin American peasant. You don't do shit during the day. You do all your work at night. You know, you have that, they have that siesta not because they're lazy. They have that siesta because they have a brain in their heads.
2: That is actually one of the things, that's one of the perks of, you know, the, the post-apocalyptic environment. The siesta is going to come back in a major way. An that agreement. is going to be a major improvement to our quality of life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I could not agree more because well, just-
2: well, I, well, I love the idea of siestas. So I've been I've been
0: trying to for the last 11 years where I work. I've been trying to uh, I've been spearheading this campaign to, bring, <laughs> to, to to bring in to bring in. I, well, it's not called a siesta. I call it corporate nap time. So that uh, <laughs> so that after lunch, you know. You get about two-hour like, period.
1: Is, is that like when, like, like, when the CEO gets a little cranky? They they have a little nap time to chill corporate. Na-
0: no, corporate nap time. Everybody needs it because you know it's after lunch. Everybody's a little slow. You get a you know a little hour or two nap, and everybody's refreshed and everybody's like you know steam rolling through the end of the day and getting shit done. You know, corporate nap time. I'm totally behind it.
2: You know. Well, no. If you want if you want to get them to sell off on it or to sign off on it, just call it a a synergistic human resource realignment. <laughs> oh, God damn it, William. The renewal. Synergistic human resource renewal. And then oh, they will sign off on it. Trademark me. that immediately. <laughs> it, totally, it totally invigorates our paradigm.
1: Oh, fuck you. Jesus. Oh, God damn it. Like... Will,
2: will Will speaks corpse speak better than I do. And I and I work yeah. in a corporate environment. <laughs> Look
1: at him. He's a, he's a dirty hippie with his long hair well, and his...
2: I, I like to know my enemies. Oh, Jesus. That's where this comes from.
1: Well, wow. yeah, clearly. Damn. Um. Just as so long as you never use the word "online" as a verb.
0: <laughs> okay, we, got, we, we got a fucking Mr. Johnson here, man. It's like he's you know he's he's, he, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna freaking hire us to do some wet work, you know? Hey, <laughs> chummer. Oh,
1: okay, chummer. Let's slot and run.
0: Let's um, slot and run. But um. but,
1: but uh, yeah, you know the the thing is, is that at some point in the whole shelter idea, you gotta move beyond using the stuff that was left behind and creating and your own it. new stuff yeah, yeah and that may be that may be mud huts and hide tents or it might be if we're really lucky it might be log cabins you know um, I think it's gonna be a while before we're able to uh, you know mill the wood sufficiently so that we're having you know the houses the wood houses that we have today but a log cabin is not a bad start
2: you know, it's funny you mentioned log cabin because this was something that occurred to me on the run-up to the show uh, um, I've got uh, there, there's there's this you know hardware store uh, down the street from where we live that sells these freaking huge PVC pipes which I guess are for for irrigation or something but they're they're so big like they're watertight but they're huge they're like you know like oh
0: yeah this they're big
2: around you take those cut the ends just right, they become Lincoln logs. You could oh, make Jesus. a log cabin out of these prefabricated uh, PVC pipes. And you can
0: you can make you can make them you can insulate them more like foam with like sand and grass just so there's something in there to like give it a little yeah. bit of insulation and solidness to it. You know? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Um, that'd work. Uh, that's a little work. I mean, you know, I anything's better than building a sod house.
0: Yeah. You can possibly avoid. Oh that. yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of shanty towns. That's for sure. You know.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing I always find amusing about um, uh, every time we, you, you come across a, a, a town or something or in in uh, uh, the Fallout games is that it's uh, no one just built a cabin. You know, there's no log cabins or anything. There's no milled wood. It's always just a whole bunch of pre-war crap that's been piled up into you know. <laughs> shapes and sort of stapled together, so it's or so it like have, or,
0: or built or built off the side of a car yeah. or something, you know.
1: Yeah. So, but, it, but that way it has post-apocalyptic street cred, you know, because it's obviously made from pre-war junk or, or 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 the airplanes that Megaton was made out of. Oh uh, right? uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's only that way. It's got real credibility, post-apocalyptic credibility. Otherwise, it's just you know, cabins looks good wood wood cabins what are we in the wild west this is the post apocalypse or, or a,
0: a, yeah like you said adobe huts you know like back like the wild west like the the mexico you know mexico in the southwest and like you know, oh, the 1800s the adobe, yeah. you know
1: we'll be bringing right. back the adobe that's for sure and i'm not talking about the software company no it's going to be mud bricks in the whole nine yards
0: and again it's kind of like how remember how we were talking about when we were talking about food in the apocalypse we talked about how food's going to become regional again because of the environments that they have mm. building's probably going to become regional too what kind of what do you have you know in the southwest you got mud in it you can make adobe houses you know uh you know where there's woods in the northwest no,
1: nobody nobody's going to be importing italian marble for a while <laughs> you
2: know? Well
0: unless you're a really powerful overlord, then yes,
2: otherwise you... <laughs> Well you never know though. You could be you could be scavenging in an old in like an old suburb. You might find a countertop that was renovated
1: seconds before
2: uh, the well, apocalypse.
1: You've, happened. you've got a very good point, William, because you know, if it's my understanding that a lot of the mosques in Cairo were built using um was it the was it the granite facing they pulled off the pyramids? Pyramids I were, think, it's lime, is it limestone with granite? I think it's limestone with
2: granite. I don't think it was granite. I actually think that was an Egyptian marble, which was incredibly rare, because you don't find Egyptian marble nowadays.
1: Yeah, but the I want to say that they, they, in our
2: history class.
1: they stripped that off, and certainly there were some Roman buildings that were cannibalized partially during the Middle Ages. As well, well, no, well,
0: do South Florida. There are so many frickin' tile and marbles, uh, frickin' stores down here. You, you can find plenty of marble and tile <laughs> down here, down in again, down in Florida, you know, so um,
1: And certainly without the advent of all the technological conveniences that we expect from <laughs> modern life. <clears throat> let me say about regional. Well I guess the South is going to have a rebirth of porch culture. Yep. You know, there was that whole thing where you didn't yeah, if you could possibly manage it, you didn't you weren't in your house.
2: You Everybody know? just, you know, gathered out front. Hot today. Yep, hot yesterday. yesterday.
1: <laughs> hot again
2: tomorrow. I reckon it'd be hot tomorrow. Well, exactly. I, I, I do declare, Mr. Glancy, you're giving me oh the vapors. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Your brother, Jessup, he's a barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns into a Tennessee Williams play.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, good. Good, it turns into a Tennessee Williams play where it becomes the most misogynistic homosexual Oh, my God. That's what we need, what we
2: need. the uh, uh, Ten- Tennessee, Tennessee Williams uh, cat on an irradiated lead roof.
1: Oh, my God, I hate that bastard. <laughs> I, I hate Tennessee Williams. Don't even get me started. Well,
0: oh, it's, it's going to be kind of like your house, Scott. Because in the, in the, the summer Your house is hot as fuck in the summertime, dude.
1: Yes, there's no air conditioning up here, In there's no air conditioning in, in houses built in the Northwest. Exactly. Because for 360 days out of the year, we don't need it. And yeah, there's a couple of weeks in the summer where yeah, you really wish. Yeah, it's it's time. I've had friends go rent hotel rooms mm. rather than put up with the heat, um, particularly when they had like young kids, infants, and stuff.
0: Uh, I'm thinking of somebody with the initials of JT.
1: Yeah, uh, he's like, nope, not gonna have the not gonna have the first child melt. So <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> we're going elsewhere. But you know. Um, uh, part of that, you know, you know post-apocalyptic shelter is going to be post-apocalyptic architecture. There's going to be a, a complete change of the materials used. It's all going to be regional. Uh, the techniques are going to be regional. Uh, houses are not going to be built as zero lot, <laughs> zero lot garage mahals.
0: Right. That's that, that's Florida.
1: Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have stuff where people are going to be building uh, sort of sprawling ranch houses because why build up? You know, um, it'll be more of a, a sprawling ranch house. Why build extra stories? Uh, you know, uh, uh, it'll be lots of open port in the south. I'm imagining huge porches and verandas because, again, you're, shit, you're, 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 your kitchen will probably be outside because to protect you from burning the house down because of a kitchen fire. And the heat. And the heat generated mm-hmm. by the kitchen. You'll probably go back to having – because – you, and, and that's the thing I remember seeing in Adobe houses is in the Southwest is you'd see these, uh, you know, uh, there's the house or whatever, and then outside is this sort of pit area with one of those with an Adobe built brick oven area for actually preparing the food. That's gonna be the apocalypse.
0: Or what about old Roman style houses with the open uh, porches in the center? You know, it's like
1: oh, open. yeah, yeah, an atrium, yeah.
0: You know, because they're like it's just like a thin. You know, like the rooms, within the center is where it's open and you get air and stuff like that. So. Yeah,
1: and, and a lot of that's going to be because there's going to be fewer corridors. I yeah. mean, it's literally going to be houses that are going to be room, 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 and that's what uh, a Roman house is. That center court, that center atrium, is is a place you cross to get to air the areas of the house, rather than have to go through because they're they're shy on corridors and big on rooms. I mean,
0: or uh, or a lot of shotgun shacks.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right.
0: You, um, may, you may find yourself. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh. Thank you. <laughs> so, anyway, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's all, again, I think, yeah, I think, uh, we'll, let's uh, end it on that, because we're, uh, even though we started late, we're getting a bit late. Yeah. Um, that, yes, you know, the long term, it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of regional things to uh, building, just like we talked about food, you know, uh, so, Anyway, uh, like...
1: This is is the part where I become, you know, this is the part where the one thing I I miss about, you know, old and, like, the 19th century or 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 before World War II, uh, again, a a period I never experienced, or in this fantasy apocalypse we're talking about, is regionalism. I kind of miss the idea that, that each area had a very specific character until consumerism and the ability to transport anything anywhere cheaply suddenly creates this environment where... You can have a Tuscan villa in Arkansas. But
2: know? the problem is, once you do that, in the apocalypse, you have to worry about Tuscan raiders coming out of that villa.
0: Ah, uh, well. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> that hurt. That really... Oh, oh, oh. It, was, it was called for, but it still hurt.
1: <laughs> no, no. It was, no, it was well, not was not
2: if you shake your hands in the air and do the crate drop, uh, you'll scare me away.
1: <laughs> yes, you just wave, wave the floppy arms of your of your uh, uh, of your robe around, and that just makes the average Tuscan shit his pants. Jesus, it does.
0: So anyway, on that note, uh, so yes, that was time uh, to go. Time to go. That was <laughs> that was a very disjointed uh, discussion on uh, shelters in the apocalypse. You know, we, I, th- I think we did actually get some concepts and ideas out there. Uh, um, but um, one,
1: maybe two.
0: One, maybe two. But hey, you know what? We uh, again, like I always say, we're not professionals.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> we are, especially this time.
0: <laughs> but that's well. Again, it's it's a it's a discussion. It's a it, open discussion about the topic. So uh, we didn't we didn't have a specific like okay we're gonna talk about this movie. So it's it's fine. <laughs> so uh, any final thoughts, Scott?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, the big thing I guess we we've hit the big things. Uh, and uh, as far as um, uh, shelters go, uh, I did want to throw out you know again my favorite thing about um, uh, shelter. Uh, is that you know in, in communities or you know shelters groups of shelter leads to community and that's always the, the sort of marvelous place in post apocalyptic post apocalyptic stories where you you find the dystopia you know you find the place that keeps the rain off your head and it turns out to be a trap. It turns out to be uh, Sean Connery uh, in a wedding dress. Yeah yeah, that I was gonna go with Jason Robards wearing clown makeup in uh, <laughs> Boy and His Dog in that fucking uh, what was it, the Republic of Topeka or whatever they called themselves? <laughs>
2: that um, sounds about right.
1: Yeah, um, or that, or um, uh, you know, uh, yes, Sean Connery in a wedding dress. Jesus, that's not good. Um, but yeah, those, those the or or, um, or the city or Alpha, what was it called? Uh, in, Alpha uh, complex. Alpha complex. It's always someplace like that. You're like, oh look. They keep the rain off. Three hots in a cot, and whoops,
0: yeah, comes with the price. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, William, any final thoughts?
2: I guess uh, my final thoughts as far as shelter after the apocalypse is: don't, don't. If you're going to be picky, be prepared to make a lot of modifications to your shelter yourself. Yeah. And and those army survival guides are are indispensable. The actually the best here's what you want to do: the apocalypse happens, and you don't have time to teach yourself how to survive in the wasteland. Find a find a a legion hall. Find you know find some find some like not secure uh, military building. Go inside and just pick up those little comics that Joe Kubert did that are all <laughs> nothing but like. Comics of survival strategies, and they and they're brilliant. They'll tell you how to build a shelter, how to make a latrine, how to make a water catcher, how to make a water filter, how to repair a vehicle without tools, and it's all tested survival techniques straight out of a war zone. Mm. Yes, very, very good. I, I
1: like I like the use of the comic in that because man, keep it simple, stupid. You know, that's that's got to be your watchword when trying to train people up. You yeah, be prepared, and, and I, if you if you, you gotta be prepared them. to, I was say, you gotta be prepared to train the village idiot.
2: Oh yeah, I mean there, there's you know after a generation or two, there's no guarantee that the people are going to be literate. So the illustrations can still help get the uh, the message
1: <laughs> across. Again, again, he's always thinking of the future.
2: Always a future. The future,
1: the future this kid. He's always thinking of the future.
0: My thing is, I'm just going to go back to what I said at the beginning, is uh, just get yourself a nice, sturdy poncho because that's going to be your shelter. You know? That may be it, yes. That may be it. Uh, also, you know what I think I'm also going to invest in now is I'm going to start stocking, stocking up on tarps, lots mm. of tarps mm. because those are going to be co- – I think that's going to be my trade good, which is going to get me my food and ammo because, you know what, you could do a lot with a tarp.
1: <laughs> you can cover a hole in the roof in your shelter. Cover The a hole tarp in Smith is coming. Oh, the tarp smith.
0: <laughs> the tarp smith is coming. You know, you could use it to gather water. You could use it to... Uh, yeah, you could do a lot with tarps. Uh, I think I think that actually that's a reference to something somewhere. I don't remember where it was. We are talking about tarps or like the way to go in the apocalypse. It was some book or movie, and I cannot remember where it's from, but tarps. I'm saying that that's my yeah. final word on Shelter of the Apocalypse. Get lots of tarps. You'll be tarps. a post-apocalyptic sisto. That's right. <laughs> so... All right, so folks, that's been episode twenty-four of uh, podcast at yeah. Ground Zero. Uh, we did two weeks, we did two in a row because we had you know had to adjust the sh- schedule a little bit. But we're going to do uh, normal two weeks from now, and then that'll be uh, the same week They have a lot of other shit going on. But we're still going to uh, get Make it done. That what are we going to talk about? Uh, you know what? I haven't thought that. I actually was. Forward thinking this time it had two planned out. I don't know what the fuck we're doing next time. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll talk about it. And I'll let you guys know when we know. So for uh, William T. Thrasher, for Jared W. Wall, Spock Nerd, and for Adam Baum Glancy, this has been Podcast Act Round Zero. Thank you and good night.